Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Today we're going to talk in Gatekeeper, we're going to talk about routine. And uh, routine is really important, and we're going to talk about spiritual routine. Let me tell you a story. Um, when I started Believers, and probably for the first 20 years, here's, here's how my preaching routine went. Um, I'd try as hard as I could to work on notes, and I'm doing all kinds of other administrative things, you know, during the week. And typically, sometime on Saturday, I finished my notes for Sunday morning. And then I was doing um, Wednesday nights also. And typically around 4 p.m. on Wednesday, I finished my lesson for that night. And it was a lot of pressure on me because I'm just finishing right at the end. And that went on for years and years and years. And I thought I was just doomed forever that that would be my life. And I'm one of those guys, some of you out there like me, I, I like to work under the gun. I, I like the deadline. I, I just, I don't know, I work better under a deadline. But it dawned on me, I don't know, about 10 years ago, it dawned on me, I said, what if I made my deadline earlier and did everything the same, but I had an earlier deadline? So I thought, how can I do that? How can I get ahead? Because it's hard to get ahead with your messages. So I came up with an idea. I, I just went and had a couple study weeks and got ahead. Then I said, all I have to do is one lesson, one lesson every week, and I could do, and, and then it developed to what I do now. Now I study all day Tuesday. I study all day when, uh, Friday, and I just study the whole days. I put notes together. My goal is always to have one lesson done every week. Some weeks I get two done, but like uh, last week I came out of my Friday study. I didn't have a lesson done, so Saturday night after church, I was here till 10 p.m. in my office, and I didn't finish it, so then I did the rest after church on Sunday. I will not go to bed Sunday night till I have a lesson done because I'm months ahead, and I have no intention of ever, ever being behind and I just, I made it a deadline, and I'll do anything to accomplish my deadline. But here's what's so cool about it. It's still the same. I still have the pressure to get it done, one, one a week. And then in the summer when I study, I do this heavy research. So that's when I do things I never have time to do. I listen to all these other people, do all this research. So I have all this information when I come back and start putting things together. So now I pull my notes out. I haven't looked at what I'm going to preach you know, for a month or more, but then I start reading them again, and I get all these ideas, and I have all this time to make changes, so on, on Thursday before I leave, I send them my notes, the scriptures, and anything in, that's going to be in PowerPoint, I send it to the office, that's for the next weekend, not for the, it's for the next weekend, they send it to me on Wednesday, I preach it at my house in the morning on Wednesday when I wake up, preach it in my office, I preach what I'm preaching today, I preached it Wednesday in my office, and I just did it till I got it to right where I wanted it, so when I come in Saturday, I already preached this baby, uh, when I stand up here, I know exactly where I'm going, I, I, I could almost not even read uh, anything on my notes, because I've gone over it and gone over it, and that allows me to pray more on a Saturday, pray more on a Sunday morning. That's routine. Routine is everything. And you know what? I'm still working under the gun like I did, but I just changed my routine, and it made life so much easier for me. And we're going to talk about you changing your routine. Some of you have great routines. I'm going to encourage you to take it a little bit further. Here's our scripture, Proverbs 4.23. This is what gatekeeper is all about. Um, guard your heart 
above all else. The most important responsibility you have to yourself personally is guard your heart, uh, for it determines the course of your life. We talked about the latter part in, other, in our first and second lesson, but listen, the most important thing you could ever do is guard your heart. Your heart is your inner man. Your inner man consists of your spirit. So everybody here that's accepted Christ as your Savior, your inner man is incredible. Uh, it, it is created in God's likeness and image. You have God's nature, God's character. You may not think that, but you do. And you are holy. Did you know that every one of you in this room, you love God with a passion if you're a Christian on the inside? Now, you may be so messed up in the world and sin, you may not know it but you love God with a passion. But then you have this thing called a soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotion. And our mind, when we accept Christ, nothing changes. So now we're renewing it with scriptures. That's why you're in church, and that's why you're going to have some spiritual routines. But the Bible says they're so closely knit together that only Jesus can separate them. So sometimes you think it's the real you, but it's not the real you. It's your mind, and that's why we have to change it. Now, that's the part of you that's God created to grow whatever you put in it. And so we talked about avoiding bad atmospheres and talked about controlling our thoughts and other lessons. Today we're just going to talk about a spiritual routine. I just want you to imagine uh, just turning the switch on all the way so you can flood yourself with life. And it's that simple. It's the most amazing thing ever. So I want you to walk out today just remembering this thought. Routine leads to rhythm. It just leads to rhythm. And isn't it amazing how routine can, when you hear that word, do any of you think, oh, boring routine? I, every one of you have a routine. Every day you have a routine. You have daily routines, weekly routines, monthly routines, annual routines. Routine is our life. That's what we do. And, and routine, you may think it's boring, but it's the most powerful thing in all the world, especially when it's spiritual because it releases all this life inside of you. You know, when God said to Joshua, here's Joshua, he's the new leader of Israel, they have to cross the Jordan and then they have to conquer all these incredibly strong fortresses and cities. The first one is Jericho. Jericho had walls around it. The Bible says they were so wide that they had chariot races on the walls. They didn't have military like us. So you understand what they had to do? They didn't have a bomb or a weapon that could get through the wall, but they had to conquer that city. So God said to Joshua, here's what you do. He gave him a routine. He said, here's what you do. He said, I want you to walk once a day around the city. And he said, I don't want the soldiers first. I want the worship team, Brandon and Tracy and the worship team. I want them to go, go first. And, and he said, once a day. So can you imagine the first day they walk around Jericho? They could have said, this isn't doing anything. Routine's not, not doing anything. And they did it the second day and they did it the third day. On the seventh day, God said, do it seven times. So the seventh day, they do it seven times. And then they were to shout and they shout. And guess what? The Bible says God just in his his divineness just crushed the walls and they went into the ground and they conquered that city. That was through routine. And I love the word routine, guys. It's, it's a French word. And, and here's what routine means. It, it's a French word that means usual course of action or beaten path. Everybody in here has a routine. You, you know what you do on Mondays. You know what you do on Tuesdays. Maybe at night your routine is you watch the news for an hour, hour and a half. And that's not bad. But what we're asking today is, do we have a spiritual routine also? What, what, what are, we, are we flooding ourselves with God's life? And I love this, this next word, uh, the rhythm. And here's what it means, a regular repeated pattern of sound or movement. Routine creates rhythm. Here's the best way I can explain it. When my, when my kids were young and uh, we had this backyard pool, it was a 24-foot round pool in the backyard above ground. 
And uh, we used to play a game. We call it the whirlpool game. And I would lead it. And some of my kids were tall enough to stand up in three and a half foot of water. We had, I think, one or two that, that you know, they, they were just, we were pulling them along on a floaty, you know. And we would walk circles around that pool. We would just walk circle after circle. And I'm leading the way and we're going around. It's our routine. It's a beaten trail. And we would cause this whirlpool to happen. Now, here's what's interesting. Um, when we first began to walk, it was difficult. I mean, I, I'm leading the way, and that, there was a lot of resistance as I led the way. And the kids are behind me, and we're walking circles, and we're walking circles. But after we went a bunch of times around, a whirlpool just it developed, and the waves were pushing us along. And it's absolutely amazing. And that, that's what I'm referring to when I say that routine leads to rhythm. Now, all of a sudden, we had a rhythm. And you know what? The rhythm was actually pushing us along, and the routine became this simple, simple thing. And then we would, we, we would just shout. I would shout, change direction. And then we would all change direction. And my kids would just be, they could not fight it. I just could stand there. I couldn't walk in it. And that, you know what's nice about that? When you, when you create a spiritual routine, you get into that rhythm. Even if you have a bad day, that whirlpool in your life is still going, and it will, it, it will just keep you going down the right path because routine leads to rhythm. It's absolutely spectacular when you understand what it will do. And I have this great example. I think every one of us, no matter what our age, we know who Michael Jordan is. And in, in 1988, 89, and 90, the Bulls kept going to the Eastern Championship game, and they were playing Detroit. They played Detroit three years in a row. And Michael Jordan had a lot of trouble with this guy, Joe Dumars. You see them in the picture. And the Bulls could not beat him three years in a row. And after three years of losing to Detroit, Michael Jordan came to a conclusion. Here, here's what he said. He said, Joe Dumars is too strong for me. And by the sixth and seventh game, I don't have strength. I can't handle him, and that's why we can't beat him. So he decided they had this really tough routine as a team. It started at 11 a.m. Uh, every morning. They went to 1 p.m. He said, I've got to add something to my routine. So do you, do you know what he did? He started a weightlifting thing in his basement. He had full, you know, full gym in his basement. And uh, he told any guys on the team, if you want to come work out with me, we're going to work out from 8 to 9, 8, 8 to 9, 15 going to just work out. We're going to build our muscles because we have the cardio, but I'm getting pushed around by Joe. And he says, we, we need to build our muscles up. So Scotty Pippen came and uh, Ron Harper came, a bunch of the other stars from those days, and they would work out like crazy. And then at 9.15, Michael Jordan's personal chef would make them breakfast. So they called that the breakfast club. And uh, those guys went and they worked out hard. They just really hit it. And, and then guess what? In 1991, after one year of strength training, Michael Jordan and Bulls, best of seven games against Detroit, they swept them. They won four games in a row. They went on to beat Magic Johnson and the, the Lakers and took them down. They won the first of three in a row championships. And then they did a three-peat again. And how did it happen? Michael Jordan is a genetic freak. I mean, he has all the genetics. I mean, he was made for basketball. But even he had to strengthen his muscles in order to break through a barrier. And you and I, every one of you in this room, you have some Joe Dumars in your life. And I don't know what your Joe Dumars is, but man, every time you get to a certain level, you trip. Every time you get to a certain place, you hit a glass wall or a glass ceiling. And here's what I want to tell you. 
Routine leads to rhythm. Michael got his rhythm going, guys, and his rhythm took him past where he needed to go. And every one of you in this room, I want you to stop and think for a moment. What is your Joe Dumars that's holding you back and slapping you back? It, it could be a sin you keep tripping. It, it could be insecurity. It could be fear. It can be anything. But what's stopping you from getting to the next place you want to get to in your spiritual walk? Routine leads to rhythm. Do you know that every great, every great Bible character, every great Bible character had a spiritual routine? Every single one. I just want to talk about four of them. And the last one's absolutely amazing. But the first one is Daniel. And I think Daniel's absolutely spectacular. And uh, take a look. Daniel prayed three times a day every day. He had, he had some kind of devotional. I don't think it was real long from what I read in the Bible. Could have been 10 minutes. But three times a day, he took a devotional time and he prayed. I think that's phenomenal. And I want you to think about Daniel. Uh, Daniel, his routine led to a rhythm. Daniel ends up, he's going to be thrown into a lion's den. Think about that. A lion's den. They, they didn't feed these lions and they were going to throw him in. Do you know as you read the story, Daniel never complained. He never cried. He never wimped out. The Bible doesn't even say he was afraid. And do you know before he was thrown in, he exhorted the king that was throwing him in and gave him a positive exhortation? I think that's amazing. I don't know about you, but I would have, might have been freaking out, man. These lions hadn't been fed. They're hungry. So they throw him in there, and guess what? The lions just lay there. They're growling before he comes in. They lay there. One of them becomes his pillow, and he lays his head down on him, and he sleeps. With, wouldn't that be cool? Do you know what the Bible says? That Daniel shut the mouths of lions by faith. But you know why he could walk in there and handle the pressure? Routine leads to rhythm and it was his routine that brought him to the place to where he was able to handle his challenge no, no famous bible character is famous uh, on their own some of them could have been genetic freaks i don't know but it's routine even michael jordan genetic freak man he had to add to his routine how about joshua i i love this story what a great leader he was and uh, before he was a leader uh, he would hang out in God's presence, and you can read about it. I'll tell you the story real quick. God had Moses built this incredible piece of furniture. It was called the Ark uh, of, of, of the Covenant, and God told him, uh, that's where I'm going to speak to you from, and, and God lets us know that that represents his presence, and the Bible says when we worship God that, that his presence comes into our life, and it's not necessarily anything strange. I kind of like to look at it this way. You know, I put cologne on this morning, and if you greet me, you'll be glad I did, because uh, these lights are hot, you know. And ladies, you, you put on perfume, and we do that. Don't we do that during the week? And, and so we get used to it after a few minutes, but we walk into a room, and people can tell. They smell our cologne, our perfume, and if we don't put any on, you guys know anybody you can tell they didn't put any on? Maybe you want to give them a gift for Christmas? I don't know, but you'd like them to put some on. I really believe... When you and I get this routine, it, it just gets on us in the morning. And we may not feel a thing, but as we go through our day, people can tell. They, they've hung out somewhere. And that's what Joshua did. The Bible says Moses would go in, and God would give him some instructions for the whole nation. Moses would leave, and here's Joshua, his assistant. The Bible says he would just sit in the presence of the ark. He, he was a worshiper. And we'll talk about worship before we close today. But I really believe 
that that's why God chose Joshua over Caleb. Both of them were incredible leaders, but God chose the guy that had a routine. Routine leads to rhythm. We talk about what he did with the walls of Jericho. You read the book of Joshua, that guy tore it up. And I really believe it's because of routine that he tore it up. Hey, here, here's another one, David. David would meditate on scriptures when he guarded the flocks at night. And, and then he would do it when he laid his head down at night to sleep on a pillow. He would, he would just meditate. So you're going to hear me say meditate a few times today. And you may not know what it means. I want to help you out. And I want you to be honest. Be honest. I want your hands to go up now. How many in this room at one time or another in your life you have worried? If you're worried, could you just raise your hand? A anybody here worried? Do you know what worry is? It's meditating on something negative. That's all worry is. And, and so if you know how to worry, which all of us know how to worry, we're worrying about something that may never happen, but boy, do we know how to worry. We just think about and dwell on in our minds, we think about something that's negative. Now, meditation is worrying the Bible. I like to say worrying the Word, and that's all it is. And so uh, when, when we look at David, David was incredible. You see Psalm 63 there? Uh, he wrote Psalm 63 when his son Absalom uh, tried to take over his kingdom, and he was running from his son who's trying to kill him. Can you imagine that? How terrible is that? Your son's trying to kill you? And he wrote Psalm 63, and in Psalm 63, he says, you know what? When I lay my head down on the pillow at night, I meditate on a scripture. And he had a routine. Routine leads to rhythm. Do you know that even when he watched his flocks before this time, when he watched his flocks, and here he is, a young boy, uh, I don't know, about 16. The Bible says he, he, was, you know, he wasn't huge, but he was, he was ruddy. And, you know, Goliath came and challenged all the armies of Israel. He, and, and David was too young to be in the army, but his dad said, take him some food. So he takes his brother some food, and he hears Goliath come out and say, send your best man, whoever wins uh, that nation uh, will, will conquer, and the rest, you know, if you lose, you surrender. King Saul, nobody in Israel would go out and fight Goliath. He's a giant, he's huge, and they all sh were shaking. David comes, routine leads to rhythm. He hears the threat, and you know what he said? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the living God? You know what that means? We have a covenant with God, he doesn't have a covenant with God. I'm not going out there by myself, I'm going out there and God's coming with me. How did he know that? He meditated on scriptures, and routine leads to rhythm. This guy did great things because of simple routines. And I really believe God has some great things for all of us to do. He has some battles for us to win, and it's just routine that leads to rhythm. We plant that deep inside of us. Here's one that blew my mind. Jesus. <laughs> do you know that Jesus had a spiritual routine? He got up every morning and prayed. And I got to thinking about this. Jesus is the Son of God. He created the heavens and the earth. He, he made Adam and Eve. He created everything we see. And, and, and then he comes to live in a body. And his body was something like Adam and Eve's before they sinned. That's why there was the immaculate conception. He was sinless in body. And you think if anybody could skip some prayer time, some devotional time, it would be Jesus. It's like, Jesus, why are you doing this? And we know he wanted to communicate with his father. That's so wonderful and so fun to do. But I'm thinking, why did he do that? Well, because Jesus knew that as long as we're walking in this earth, we have to create that whirlpool. We have to get it going so that no matter what comes at us, we're strong enough to handle it. Routine leads to rhythm. So I, I want to coach you a little bit right now, and then we'll close with a cool story and, and some, some exhortation.
but I want to coach you. So uh, today in the lobby, call me Coach Joe. Just say, hey, Coach Joe, how you doing, man? Because um, I'm going to coach you spiritually, all right? And I, I just want to help. And I know some of you have routines, so here's what I'm saying to those of you that have routine. Let's take it up a notch, man. Uh, let's do what Jordan did. Let's add to it so we can conquer some bigger Joe Dumars that, that are going to come at us. We can stand in the middle of some storms. If Jordan needed some new routine, we need some new spiritual routines, guys. We really, really do. And so first thing I want to talk about is da daily Bible reading and just encouraging you to read your Bible. Guys, re read your Bibles. It's, it's that absolute simple. Some of you have paper Bibles, and, and I had a paper Bible for years, and I don't know, eight years, ten years, I, I've had my Bible on my pad. I have it on my phone. I love electronic Bibles. It doesn't, you know what's important is the words. It doesn't matter what format, but just read your Bibles. And I think it's good to read uh, a Bible uh, through in a year or, or uh, the New Testament in the year. And you see I put a blank up there, guys, because we all have our own pace. And, you know, some of you, to read the Bible through in a year, that, that might be a little bit to bite off, too much to bite off at first. So read the New Testament. But you know what? It, does it matter if it takes you five years to read through the Bible? Isn't what's important is you read through the Bible? It doesn't matter. In five years from now, would you have rather not did anything or read through the Bible in five years? Wouldn't you have? And I encourage people to read through the Bible because it gives them the overview. It just, it, it's, it's important to see the big picture. And in my life now, um, I've read through the Bible enough to where I just pick books of the Bible, maybe Proverbs, uh, and I just say, I'm going to read this book once a day. And, and Proverbs, I wouldn't read once a day, but like First Timothy, I might say, I'm going to read that once a day for seven days or for a month. And I'm just going to see what God shows me. It's just that simple. You just, you just read. And I wanted to give you some help. I think version is absolutely cool. If you want to check out that app, you can get that app on, on, on your electronic pads, your phones. And uh, if, you don't, if you're not there, you know, I talked to someone yesterday and they showed me their phone. They said, I just get phone calls with this. And, uh, and I said, you know what, I, I, I wish I was back in those days sometimes when it just was a phone call. And, and, uh, uh, but now I, I can do all my work on my phone. But, you know, if you're, not, if you're not in that realm, you can go to Bible.com on your computer and you can get version there. They have so many different reading programs. Just find one that fits you. What's important is you read. And you just, you know, Colossians 3.16 just says, get that baby in you and just spend some time reading. You know, you come to church, you might say, this is enough. I go to church, I make it a couple times a month or I make it every week. I go to church, Pastor Joe. Let me tell you about church. I think nothing in the world is more important than a corporate worship service and a pastor because the pastor is called a shepherd and he's feeding you. And God will tell me and lead me in different ways. You see how I do series. And church is where man, God opens something up and he gives you some, he, he inspires you, he gives you some direction, but then you want to have that routine where you just say, okay, now I need to feed myself. How many of us agree it's cool to feed a baby when they're a baby, but if my mom was still feeding me, how many of you would think something was wrong? <laughs> say, Josephine, he needs to feed himself now. Okay, uh, here we go, here we go. Uh, here's the second one I want to talk to you about, guys. Um, just uh, di daily Bible meditation. You see two cool scriptures. This is what we talk about, worrying the word. And I like to say these two things. Pick, pick one scripture per day or week and then randomly pick scriptures that you know. And here's what I mean by that. How cool would it be, and some of you are doing this, whether it's electronic or paper or you type it and print it, it, it doesn't matter. How cool would it be if you took one scripture, whether a week or a month, and before you went to bed at night, you read it a few times 
And then you put your head on your pillow and you just thought about it. Wouldn't that help you sleep better, man? I think a lot better. Um, what if you woke up in the morning, the first thing you did was you read that scripture a few times. Then when you're going through getting ready, you just think about it. What, what, if you, what if you taped it on the mirror and you just, you know, while you're getting ready, guys, while we're shaving, you just, you glance at it so you remember it. And then what if you just worried it and you thought about it? How, how much more could God speak to us and how much deeper could it become? Part of, but do you see how simple it is? And, and, then, and then as you get going, you'll just have them memorized. And sometimes I'm going through the day and I just have a scripture, I pull it up and I'm all alone and I'll just say it over and over to myself and I get really pumped up and, and I, I, sometimes I'll be in a room and Gina will go, who are you talking to in there? And I just say, I, I'm, just, I'm just quoting scripture and talking, I'm just talking to myself because man, I, I'm ignorant sometimes. I gotta speak to myself and get myself going. And, and, and I'm just talking to myself, I'm all alone. It's absolutely powerful and you'll, you'll, you'll feel yourself. But let me ask you a question, guys. Can anybody in this room do what I just said? It's simple. Routine leads to rhythm. But I want to tell you something. Shakers and movers, spiritually, people that impact their world and change it forever, they have simple routines, and it brings them to a place, man, to where they're strong, whoever you are. Here's one more, worship. And I, I love this one, worship routines. I, I just love this one. And, and uh, a lot of people think guys don't worship, but I'm a worshiper. And, and I think you figured out I'm a guy. Um, my, my wife, she, uh, for years she would like tell me, don't say that, don't say that. And, and then, it, this, this is early in our ministry, and I say, honey, but that's just how I am. That's what a guy says. And she tried to make me say things girly, and I, or, or that maybe wouldn't be offensive. And I say, honey, there are so many guys out there, they got to know that I'm a normal person. I, I don't want to get up here and try to pretend I'm not who I am. And, and so I'm as guy as you're going to get. But, but, but listen, listen, listen. Worship at home and worship on your own is so spectacular. And then I like to play worship music whenever I can, wherever I can. So I want to talk to you about this. It's so cool. And I'm going to give you a couple, maybe some worship songs you don't know about. One of our core values here at Believers is we are generational. And that means we, we reach every generation. Uh, every generation is important to us. And I think we do an incredible job with our worship. You know what I like to do is when I look around, I love to see every age group. And during worship, I like to turn and I look and, and I love to see young people worshiping. I love to see older people. It's just amazing. Everybody in between, college students, we're just all worshiping. And that second song we came, sang today, was like, I was like, oh man, I, I, I was just, oh, I don't even remember, I, I forget words, but man, when I was saying it, whoa, it was absolutely spectacular. I was coming out of my skin, and it's like, yeah, I love that song, and, and, uh, and so what I do is I get my phone out, and I write the songs down so I can go buy them and, and have, them on, have them on my iTunes, because man, I just love music. I love to play music. Music is so powerful, but here, here's what I want to talk about. Think about this, guys. Mm, so cool. What if, if it's not every day, what if your routine was a couple times a week, your spiritual routine is you wake up, or some of us are night people. Gina and I are opposites. We do everything opposite. She likes to uh, listen to an audio version of the Bible. I like to read. We're just opposites, and we, we do everything different, and, and you know what? That's okay. It's okay to be different, but what if you, uh, whenever your routine is, what if you put on your favorite worship songs? I always have two, maybe three in a row, that I love, and I just sit down, and the first one, I worship God. Like, I'm all alone, 
in, in my office at home, but I worship God as if I were sitting in front of the throne. Oh, man, that's so cool. That's exciting. And then the second song, I just usually sit there, and I just sit there and listen to the second song. And here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for God to speak something to my heart or God to inspire me or just to sit in his sweet presence. You know how Joshua did before the ark? Just to sit there. It's the most amazing times in my life. And you know what? You come out of that with a lot of cologne on, spiritual cologne. And, and if I don't do that for a couple weeks, Gina will look at me and say, you're stinking spiritually, Bubba. You, 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 you need, you need, are you worshiping? Are you, are you filling up? And I'll say, I got so busy. I skipped this. I skipped that. So all of us do those things. But man, guys, listen, listen. If you haven't done that, it's the most wonderful thing. And then I'm always trying to play worship in the background because it fills my heart with great things. It brings in the peace and the life of God. So in case you're, you're not aware of where, where can I get some good songs, this will all be on PowerPoint on the website. Let me just go through a, uh, just some cool groups. We sing all of these songs from these different people. Uh, Hillsong Young and Free, man, they have some incredible songs. If you haven't listened to it, it's awesome. How about Hillsong United? They're absolutely awesome. Great music. How, how about Leland? They have some great music. May have never heard them. We sing some of their songs. How, how about Passion? Uh, they, they have some great music. So just check some of these out. And then how about Gateway Worship? It's a church in Dallas. They have some incredible worship. And we sing their songs. We sang one today. How about Matt Redman? Uh, Your Grace Finds Me. We sang his song today. Just incredible stuff. And then how about Chris Tomlin? I think, I'm pretty sure... Chris Tomlin wrote more songs that are sung in church than anyone that's ever lived, maybe except David, King David. And uh, you sing his songs all the time, and other artists use his songs, so you don't even know sometimes, but incredible stuff. And I just share that real quick, but now I want to share one more thing. You're sitting here and you're saying, yeah, routine leads to rhythm. I, I need to change my routine. And I want to encourage you, when you wake up Monday, I want to encourage you as you begin to go through your week, you're going to have some things to try to tell you you can't or not to do it. And, and I thought of this story because it really intimidated me in another way, and it caused me to walk away from something. But about 15 years ago, I was about 40. I was actually in pretty good shape. We were in California on a vacation, and you know how you always eat too much on a vacation? So I found a gym, and I go to work out. And I'm going to do cardio first, but then I want to lift. And, and uh, so I'm, on, I'm doing my cardio on a treadmill. It's going fantastic. I'm coming to the end, and these two girls walked in, and these girls went over to the dumbbells, and they were using 60-pound dumbbells. They looked like the girl behind me, and uh, they were huge. They were bigger than I was. They had arms bigger than I was, and I could tell they were on the juice. Um, not orange juice, grape juice. It was the juice, and their jaws were squared out. I could tell they were on growth hormones, and they, they were huge. But here I am. I'm, 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 I'm cooling down on the treadmill, and I thought, they're using 60-pound dumbbells. I could have did that when I was young, but I'm 40, and I'm using 40-pound dumbbells, and uh, I cannot stand next to them and do 40 pounds when they're doing 60. I don't know. I had guy pride or something. I don't know what you call it, but I just thought, no, and then I'm thinking, but I need my workout. Do your workout anyway, and I thought, no, they're going to outlift me on every exercise, and uh, I was so upset, and, and just, I just walked out. I never, I never did any strength training, and, and uh, I, I just left. I said, Lord, there's no way I'm going to stand next to these girls and use lighter weight than, than they're using. Here, here's, here's why I say it. Ready? You ready? As you begin to develop your routine, you're going to see people that have bigger spiritual biceps than you. And I want to tell you, don't allow it to in, intimidate you and have you walk out of your spiritual gym. 
You just find a routine that works for you. Don't worry if mine's different, somebody else's is different. Don't be intimidated by other people's biceps, man. Just do a routine and don't let anything cause you to make an excuse to say, you know what? I got to get my spiritual workout in because routine leads to rhythm. And I don't care if they're twice my size. I don't care if they're a girl or a guy. I don't care where they're at spiritually. This is where I'm at. This is my routine for now. And just start that routine. Let me ask you a question. Did I make any sense today, guys? Can we give it up to God and thank him for just him opening up our hearts bigger to him? He's so awesome. Hey, let's, let's pray. Let's, let's pray. Father, um, I thank you for every person in this room. I did my best to teach the Bible. And Lord, uh, you spoke to our hearts, many of us, most of us, while I taught. And you're going to speak to us through the week. And we just thank you for opening up our hearts. And Lord, show us that routine that works best for us. Show us that routine. And, and help us get started. Lord, we know that it's going to be just a little tougher till we get the whirlpool going. But Lord, thank you. Uh, that once, once we start, it's going to become easier and easier. And Lord, the most exciting thing, we release life and develop relationship with you. And that is so exciting. Let, let nothing intimidate us, Lord. Let us go after it. And I thank you for helping every single one of us. C can we continue to pray? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just for a moment more. Uh, you know, the most exciting thing in, the, in all the world, and you hear me say it one way or another all the time, is coming to know Christ. It's the most exciting thing in all the world. And, and here at Believers, we exist to see a city connected with God. We want you to be connected with God. And um, if you're here and you're not sure that you're connected with God, you're not sure of your eternity, I want you to just listen to me for a moment. You know, the Bible teaches us that none of us can work our way to heaven. The Bible teaches us that we go to heaven by placing faith in Jesus Christ. And, and if you're here and you can't remember a day when you prayed and said, Jesus, I want to make it real with you, let today be the day. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save him. Jesus said, if I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one can come to God unless they go through me. That's why I died on the cross for you. If you're here and you say, Pastor, uh, you know, I can't remember a day when I did that. And understand, I'm not asking you, uh, are you a member of a church? I'm not asking you, did you grow up in church? I'm not asking you, were you water baptized? All great things. I'm asking you, can you remember a day when you made it real? If not, would you pray with me right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everyone else in the room, would you help them? Jesus said, if you call on my name, man, I'll wash your sins away. I'll give you eternal life. So say this at me, and if you're saying it for the first time, mean it. Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins. And this day, I'm going to make it real. Jesus, I believe. And today, I receive you as my Savior. And I make you Lord of my life. I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.